Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A tsunami of anti-Muslim bigotry is sweeping through Britain, and it's been unleashed by apologists for Israel's mass slaughter of the Palestinian people. How's that happened? Well, here's a succinct summary. Last week, Labour blackmailed the Speaker of the House of Commons into overturning parliamentary protocol. Well, that's according to their own sources, who boastfully briefed journalists that that's what they had done. Why? Because the SNP's motion called for an unambiguous immediate ceasefire and, crucially, charged Israel with the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Why does that matter? Because it means accepting the undeniable fact that Israel has committed war crimes. And from that, logical conclusions follow such as ending arms sales, as well as sanctions, and so on and so forth. That is, using the only means that will have any impact on the Israeli state, actual pressure, rather than words, that is, hand-wringing, which the Israeli state knows it can easily just ignore, which is exactly what it does. So the Speaker of the House of Commons then attempted to protect himself from the resulting firestorm by claiming that his decision was actually driven by threats to the security and lives of politicians. How does this make any sense? Well, the Sky News political correspondent Matthew Thompson tweeted, The question I keep asking myself this morning, and I suspect Lindsay Hoyle was asking himself yesterday, is, what if? What if there had been an attack on an MP related to last night's debates? What if, in light of such horror, questions were suddenly asked about why the Speaker didn't allow MPs to vote on several options? As I responded, are you suggesting a terrorist would have called off their attack if the Speaker hasn't surrendered to the... Labour blackmail to crush the SNP motion. I don't even know how this makes sense. I can't even understand the thought processes to arrive here. Genuinely. What? Under the slightest bit of scrutiny, if you think about it for more than, I don't know, 10 seconds, it falls apart. It doesn't make any sense. But this line of attack meant that rather than politicians being scrutinised for their complicity in one of the great crimes of our age, two things happened. One, the story became about the need to even further shut down the right to protest, which has already been systematically criminalised and demonised. I'll do a video on that in its own right, because it's extremely important. And two, it inevitably opened up an anti-Muslim firestorm. Why? Because Islamophobia is rampant and respectable in this country. And given there's a large Muslim contingent on these protests, understandably, given it is overwhelmingly Muslims being slaughtered in Gaza on a daily basis, it was obvious where this would lead. That is it would become all about angry Muslim protesters who were dangerous and extreme Muslim protesters. So when the Labour and Tory party establishments and the media outriders, that is, those who call themselves centrists as well as right-wingers alike, when they endorse this narrative of MPs are threatened by dangerous and extreme Gaza protests, which is why we have to overturn parliamentary protocol for reasons, to trash motions condemning Israel for collective punishment, a tidal wave of Islamophobia inevitably followed. Now, the hard-right former Secretary, uh, Home Secretary Suela Braverman penned an article claiming the Islamists, the extremists, and the anti-Semites are in charge now. Literally a deranged, I think it's fair to say, conspiracy theory, claiming those that she uh, describes as the Islamists are running the country. Now, if you're wondering how this deranged conspiracy theory could be penned, 
It is really very straightforward. The political establishment, Labour and the Conservatives, are demonising the protests against Israel's genocidal war in Gaza as being full of dangerous, hateful extremists. But how can you reconcile this claim with the fact that there are so few arrests, even as hundreds of thousands take to the streets, that indeed there are more arrests at large football matches? Well, obviously, you have to therefore invent a conspiracy theory to explain all this. It's not because these are overwhelmingly peaceful protests, families and so on, full of people who just object to mass slaughter and terrible injustice and in some one of the great crimes of our age. It's because the Metropolitan Police are under the thumb of an all-powerful Islamist movement and their leftist allies, or maybe they've even been captured by this said Islamist movement. Now, the fact that the Metropolitan Police is institutionally racist and has repeatedly been found as such clearly has to be carefully put to one side here, as is the fact that anyone with any dealings with the Met know they love any excuse to crack down on such protests. It's just that even they need to find at least some rationale for arresting people. But for those who have led this campaign to demonise these protesters, given the image they've constructed of what are in actual fact peaceful protesters, what must logically follow is there should be mass arrests and a huge police crackdown. That hasn't happened, so how to explain it? Hence, the Islamophobic conspiracy theory. Well, both Labour and the Tories and their respective client journalists have laid the foundations here. Next came the former Conservative Deputy Chairman, Lee Anderson. I heard the comments here, I heard the comments earlier you was making about Suella, some of the comments she made earlier this week, and I don't actually believe that these Islamists have got control of our country, but what I do believe is they've got control of Khan and they've got control of London. And again, this stems with Khan. He's, 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 he's actually given our, given our capital city away to his mates. We've got Stalin. Beware, because if you let Labour in through the back door, expect more of this and expect our cities to be taken over by these lunatics. Just straightforward racism there. Smearing Sadiq Khan as the friend of so-called Islamists. That is the same Sadiq Khan, by the way, whose main advisors until recently were a gay man and a Jewish woman, who has one of the best records on LGBTQ rights of any politician in the country, and indeed who got threats from actual Islamist extremists for supporting the civil rights of LGBTQ rights, and who has a track record of opposing anti-Semitism and standing up for the rights of other religious minorities. Now, belatedly, Lee Anderson was suspended, but he didn't seem bothered about it, publicly stating, I fully accept that they had no option but to suspend the whip in these circumstances, somewhat bafflingly adding, however, I will continue to support the government's efforts to call out extremism in all its forms, be that anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. Hmm. Kaylee. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. 
and has doubled down since, refusing to apologise, saying that would mean conceding he was wrong. And it's not only been briefed that he'll get the whip back, he's been repeatedly defended by his Conservative colleagues. Here's the former Cabinet Minister, Therese Coffey. Uh, I don't believe that Lee is in any way racist. However, I think he is very worried about a lot of the activity that's underway right now and how previous attempts to challenge it mm -hmm. has not uh, been successful and we need to make sure in any form that we counter extremism. Here's Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden. I don't believe that Lee Anderson said those remarks uh, intending to, to be uh, is Islamophobic. I'm, I, I listened to the, the, the comments of your previous contributor and the way in which they were uh, she was concerned they would be in, interpreted and for the, that exactly that reason the Prime Minister asked uh, for, um, indeed the Chief Whip asked for that apology one wasn't forthcoming action has been taken I think that's the the appropriate uh, step to take I think what what Lee Anderson uh, was uh, more broadly expressing in his interviews and others have done is a deep concern which by the way I also share about the way in which politics has been conducted and what has happened over the past week Crucially, they refused to take any action against Suella Braverman, given her Islamophobic comments, with Dowden saying they're in a different category. I, I don't believe that uh, the language used by uh, Suella Braverman has crossed the line whereby she should apologise for it. No, I don't. And saying the underlying point about threats from Islamic, Islamic extremists, Islamic extremists, as he says, is right. Again, underlining where the demonisation of Gaza protests leads us to. So again, the Tory politicians have said that's what Lee Anderson's talking about, the threats to MPs from, i.e. Gaza protesters. Now, Tory MPs have also been sending WhatsApp messages condemning the suspension that included a Conservative whip, they're in charge of discipline, Joy Morrissey. Well, again, you can see there just how much support he has for basically the Islamophobic comments, not basically the Islamophobic comments he said. Then Rishi Sunak released a statement declaring legitimate protests have been hijacked by extremists to promote and glorify terrorism, that elected representatives are verbally threatened and physically that there has been an explosion of anti-Semitism, but he said nothing about Islamophobia, despite having just been forced to suspend a politician over Islamophobia. And how about the BBC, whose headline was MP suspended over criticism of London Mayor? What the hell? Criticism? It was a racist smear. This in the week where it's been reported that anti-Muslim hatred has more than tripled since 7th of October. Now, the Islamophobia of the Tories should not be a surprise. Tory Baroness Saeed Avasi, the party's most senior Muslim politician, has long described Islamophobia as very widespread in the Tories, saying it exists from top to bottom. The Tories have repeatedly quietly reinstated Tory members and councillors who said extreme Islamophobic things that they only suspend after they're publicly exposed. According to the 2020, a 2020 poll of Tory members, 57% of those members have a negative attitude towards Muslims, 21% registering a very negative attitude, and nearly half saying that Islam is a threat to the British way of life. Just rampant Islamophobia throughout the Conservative Party. Unapologetic. Unashamed. When Boris Johnson compared Muslim women wearing the veil to bank robbers and letterboxes, he triggered a 375% surge in Islamophobic incidents. Now, as for Sadiq Khan, it was under David Cameron's leadership that the Tories, uh, with their mayoral candidate Zach Goldsmith, led a aggressively Islamophobic campaign that was in the 2016 London mayoral election, portraying him as being in league with Islamist extremists. Let's listen to Sadiq Khan. I'm unclear why Rishi Sunak, why members of his cabinet aren't calling this out and aren't condemning this. It's like they're complicit in this sort of racism. And I think the message it sends is Muslims are fair game when it comes to racism 
and anti-Muslim hatred. It's not good enough in 2024 in the United Kingdom. Well, that's absolutely correct. Now, the Tories are infested with Islamophobia, no question. So why hasn't the Equalities and Human Rights Commission launched an investigation into Tories about Islamophobia as they did over Labour and anti-Semitism? There's far more evidence of clear-cut Islamophobia from senior Tory figures and indeed grassroots members than anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. That tells you all you need to know. And these same people, the same who accused the left, the Labour Party, of being racist, are the same who either refused to clamp down on Islamophobia who, or who actively fan it. Now, none of this lets Labour off the hook. They have their own dark history of Islamophobia before I even talk about the present. When there were escalating anti-Muslim hate crimes in 2006, including arson attacks on mosques and assaults on British Muslims, the then Labour race minister, Phil Woolless, declared that women who wear the veil could be frightening and intimidating. Four years later, when trying to get re-elected in Oldham, his campaign printed a leaflet attacking the Lib Dems on the basis Woolless was strong on immigration, denouncing the Lib Dems for wanting to give hundreds of thousands, as it put it, of illegal immigrants the right to stay, accompanied by pictures of extremists holding placards such as behead those who insult Islam and kill those who insult Islam. He had his election disqualified by the courts on the grounds he stirred up racist tensions after he won by just 103 votes. When the party suspended him, multiple Labour MPs came to his defence and denounced the action taken against him. More recently, in the 2021 Batley and Spend by-election, which Labour only won narrowly, the Mail on Sunday quoted a senior Labour official saying Labour was hemorrhaging votes because Muslim voters, among Muslim voters, because of what Keir Starmer had been doing on anti-Semitism, adding nobody really wants to talk about it, but that's the main factor. Deputy Leader Angela Rayner declared these comments were completely unacceptable and promised an investigation, which we never heard about ever again. A Labour source later claimed afterwards that Labour had lost the Conservative Muslim vote over gay rights in Palestine. Total nonsense. No one canvassing on any wing of the party there reported any evidence of gay rights being mentioned even once. And indeed, those same Labour voters were voting Labour when it was in government introducing legislation giving equal rights to gay people, as if Labour now is somehow flying the flag on LGBTQ rights. Quite the opposite. According to a poll by the Labour Muslim Network, over one in four Muslim members of Labour had directly experienced Islamophobia and a further large number had directly witnessed Islamophobia, with nearly half of Muslim members and supporters not believing the party took Islamophobia seriously. Now listen to this from Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves on the 10th of October last year. But I also know that many of you have concerns closer to home about the anti-Semitism, the anti-Zionism and the anti-Israeli feeling that is allowed to flourish in some communities in Britain. And so we stand alongside you here at home as well and will ensure that the police do everything within their powers to hold responsible anybody who behaves in that way here at home. Look how she conflates the serious evil of anti-Semitism with what she calls anti-Zionism an anti-Israeli feeling and calls for police crankdowns on, on this conflation. Looking forward, I have to say, for the authoritarian crackdowns when they're in power. But she says this is allowed to flourish in certain communities in Britain. Who's she talking about there? Which certain communities? Because a lot of people would hear that as a dog whistle, a reference to British Muslims. So here's the context. Both the Conservatives and the Labour are complicit in Israeli crimes. By virtue of Britain's role in sustaining those crimes, 
refusing to use its pressure, that is, by ending its arms sales and its crucial diplomatic support. Labour's refusal to hold Israel responsible for collective punishment and its attempt to deflect scrutiny from the party's total moral bankruptcy of the mass slaughter of Palestinians by claim claiming the real extremists are those who oppose this crime, that has directly fueled a moral panic about protesters, which in turn whips up Islamophobia. That's where we're at. That's why there's a racist firestorm. And I'm afraid to say it's only going to get worse as the scale of Israel's crime becomes more obvious and the outrage at those who refuse to stand against it grows. Please like and subscribe. Do share this video. Keep the show on the road on patreon.com forward slash Listen to us podcast features here. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.